So, Father, we come before you tonight, the matchless name above every name, the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, to direct my steps, to order my words aright tonight. May I speak as the oracles of God, make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. I thank you, Lord, for giving me utterance tonight. We set ourselves in agreement for that which is just right for this time that we have together. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We're doing a series called Life in the Spirit. We're going to be doing part of this series in Abuja, Nigeria in the month of November. And tonight we're going to be looking along the lines of how to train or how to develop the human spirit. Your human spirit can be developed just as your mind can be developed. It can be developed just as your physical body can be developed. And so there's certain principles or certain rules for the development or the training of the human spirit. We looked at the first one last night. It comes, our last week, it comes by meditation in the Word of God. And we looked at Joshua, the first chapter in the eighth verse. So let's look back there and we'll read that verse again. Of course, this is right after Moses passed away. And the Lord is speaking to Joshua and telling him and giving him instruction that if you're going to lead and if you're going to lead right, you need to make sure that you obey the commandments that I'm now giving you. He said in verse 8, he said, This book of the law shall not, medit- uh, shall not depart from out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Let me just unpack this again for you very quickly. Number one, the word meditate means to ponder, to think upon. It also means to talk to yourself. It means to hear yourself say about yourself what God has already said about you. So we see the principle of hearing there. Once we avail ourselves to the Word of God, then we'll begin to see some things. We'll have some observations where it goes on to say that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. It's one thing to hear the Word, but it's another thing to see what He's saying and see what He's telling you to do. Amen? So you'll begin to see some things. You'll have, as it were, a blueprint in your heart. You'll have the image of Christ in you. You'll see things you've never seen before if you will begin to avail yourself to meditating and spending time in the Word of God. So we see the hearing part. We see the... We see the uh, seeing part. And then lastly, we see the doing part. Notice with me. For then, after which, you will make your way prosperous. Yes, God prospers us, but we have something to do to cooperate with His prosperity and His increase that can happen in our life. You will make your way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success, or you should be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. How many of you want to deal wisely in all the affairs of life? I mean, in your business life, in your parenting life, in your relationship life, it's extremely important. So we see there then that once you speak the word and hear the word and observe it, then you'll be able to do the word. You'll be able to make your way prosperous and have good success. Amen? And so we talked at length about meditation 
last week. And so we're not going to go much further in that. But meditation means to mutter the word. It means to speak the word out loud. The psalmist said in Psalm 77, I will meditate on thy work and talk of thy doings. Psalms 39, 3 says, My heart was hot within me. When I was musing, the fire burned, then I spake with my tongue. I love the voice where it says, I felt my heart become hot inside me, and I thought on these things. A fire ignited and burned. Then I said, Eternal One, let me understand my end, and how brief my earthly existence is. Help me realize that my life is fleeting. So we see again then the word meditate uh, aligned with the word to muse. I like the word muse. It means to ponder. I like this definition. It means to squeeze all the juice out of the scriptures. And so we can give ourselves wholly to the word of God. Like Paul instructed Timothy, he said, give yourself wholly to the word of God. Meditate upon these things. Amen. So meditation then is focusing on his word on or in a continual basis. Now, number two, what we're going to look at in developing the human spirit, we're going to look at practicing the word, or we could say it this way, being a doer of the word of God. So look with me to James chapter two, and let's look at verse 14, James, the second chapter and the 14th verse. First of all, I want to read it from the King James Version. Real important to see it from that. It says, What does it profit, my brothers, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? Okay. Well, we know that the answer is is, uh, no. In another translation, and I don't know whether we have it here tonight, but the easy-to-read translation, that would be the easy-to-read. It says, My brothers and sisters, if people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Right? If, If we say that we have faith and we don't have any corresponding actions to go along with what we say we believe and what we have faith for, then basically our faith is worth nothing. And none of us here want our faith to be worth nothing because faith is a very important thing in the life of a believer. He said the just shall live by faith. He says the just shall walk by faith. He said those that are in right standing God will take the shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And so we see that we can't even please God without faith. So we do not want our faith then to be ineffective and as it were worth nothing without adding the corresponding actions to it is extremely important. Okay, so let's look at James chapter 1 now and verses 22 through 25. And I'd like for you to go ahead and read those verses with me as they get it up there on the screen. James, the first chapter, verse 22 uh, through verse 25. And we'll be looking in the King James Version. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Let's stop right there. A person that hears the word but does not do the word is self-deluded. The devil really doesn't even need to deceive them. They're already deceiving themselves. Okay. Now notice with me in verse 23 through 25. 
It goes on to say, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. Verse 24. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. Is that you? I'm telling you, I'm raising both my hands tonight. That's me. Amen? I'm not only hearing the word, but I'm doing the word, and the blessings of God are coming upon my life. And I prophesy that to you as well, that the blessing of the Lord is coming upon your life in a strong way. Amen? You know how many workout DVDs are sitting on our shelves all over the country? It's one thing to talk about exercise, and it's another thing to do exercise. It's one thing to talk about the Word. It's another thing to rejoice about the Word. We can even run around the building about the Word. If we had chandeliers in here, we could hang from the chandeliers about the Word. It's awesome. It's great. I believe in running. I believe in hanging from the chandeliers. I believe in dancing in the Holy Ghost. But when I leave this building, I still must do what I've heard. Amen? In the midnight hour, doing God's Word will put you over. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Now, in James 2 and verse 17 from the Amplified Version, we see something else here. James, the second chapter in the 17th verse, it says, So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, non-operative, and it is dead. So, what do you say we be doers of the word and not just hearers only? One translation says of verse 24, So you see that people are made right with God by what they do, not by faith only. Amen. And so I want to look tonight at some important things concerning doing the Word of God. And uh, I want you to notice a couple of uh, instances in the Bible where the Word came forth and they acted on the Word. Let's start over in, uh, let's start over in Luke chapter 5. Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke, chapter 5. Luke, the fifth chapter. You're familiar with these, uh, these instances in the Word. It says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon Him to do what? To hear the Word of God. He stood by the lake Genesaret. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed to him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, see he almost missed it here. Simon almost let his reasoning stand in the way of a manifestation. Okay? So Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. We've taken nothing. Basically what he was saying, we're fishermen by trade. 
You know, you just stick to teaching. You just stick to preaching. We'll do the fishing. I mean, that's kind of what his attitude was. But he caught himself in the middle of a wrong attitude. Anybody ever caught themselves in the mid-sentence where you needed to change the words and see things turn around? I think we all have. It's called foot and mouth disease. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who can apprehend our words and help us get back on track. So I believe that that's what was happening. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. Has anybody ever had a nevertheless at thy word experience before? I mean, you didn't feel it. You couldn't see it. It looked like things were getting worse rather than getting better. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will believe, I will stand, I will continue to praise in my midnight hour. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I feel. What matters to me is what you have said. Hallelujah. And don't you know that pleases God? That really does bless the Lord. So he said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So Jesus had a manifestation for Peter and those fishermen. But had they never let the net down, they never would have received what God had for them. I wonder how many Christians today are, have not let the net down. They've not done what they know to do. You know, him that knoweth to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Now, I'm not pointing my finger and calling anybody here a sinner. But I think we've all missed it. I think we've all known to do some things and haven't done them. What do you say we come up a notch or two in our obedience life? Amen? And do all the will of God. Amen. And so he said, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, this was corresponding actions. He believed what the master said. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Glory to God. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Whoo, glory to God. This is a net breaking, ship sinking, blessing of God overflowing a fish in their life. Why? Because he did what the master told him to do. Amen? And then let's look over at Luke chapter 17. Luke the 17th chapter. We notice here again uh, some lepers here that were needing to be healed. They were needing to be cleansed. Luke 17. And uh, in verse 11. It says, And it came to pass... As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. See, they were not supposed to be in the midst of the people. They were to stand away far off because they were contagious, right? And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. I mean, if you want to get the Lord's attention, speak his word, amen, and also cry out for his mercy. You know, it does not matter what your situation may be. It doesn't matter what disease you're standing against. The mercy of the Lord endures forever. And the master, hallelujah, will lift you up. 
So they're crying out for mercy. They're crying out to him. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. So it was law then that once a leper was cleansed, that they need to go show themselves to the priest so that the priest could distribute them back into society. Go show yourself to the priest. Now in the natural realm, if you're a leper and you hear this word, go show yourself to the priest, you could be moved by what you saw. You could be moved still by what you felt. But I want you to notice what happened. Notice these guys. Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, what happened? As they went, they were cleansed. There's power in going. There's power that is released in doing. As they went. In other words, as they acted on what the master said, their healing came. Now listen to this statement. Faith is an act. That's what Smith Wigglesworth would say over and over again in many of his sermons. Faith is a hack. Faith is a hack. He's an Englishman. Faith is a hack. What he was saying is faith is an act. Act your faith. Activate your faith. You've got world overcoming faith on the inside of you. Activate it. Hallelujah. Put it to work. We not only put it to work by what we believe and what we say, we also put it to work by our actions. As they went. There are many people that are waiting on God, but in fact, God is really waiting on them to go and to do. So we see two instances here. Number one, they had a ship sinking, net breaking, running over blessing from the Lord as they let down their net. And as the ten went, they were cleansed. Hallelujah. But there's a little extra bonus for one of them. Let's look at that. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, what did he do? You know he was shouting. The Bible says with a loud voice. We shouldn't be nervous when people get loud. I mean, not getting loud just to get loud. Not getting loud to draw attention to yourself. But I'm telling you what, when the Spirit of God comes upon you and God does something good for you, it's not going to come out of your heart in a quiet praise. It should be something that you're giving God the glory for. Amen. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. What made him whole? Your faith made you whole. So as he went, he was cleansed with the others. But as he praised, he was made whole. Now I can't prove to this from the Bible, but it very well could be wholeness for him was nothing missing and nothing broken and no evidence that he ever had leprosy. Woo, glory to God. I want to be one of those that went and got cleansed and gave God the glory and nothing missing, nothing broken. And you know what? That's happening in the lives of, of people I know today. I mean, they've been debilitated by some sort of disease from the past 
And God not only cleansed them, but then they go to looking in the body where once was damaged and there's no more damage. Hallelujah. We're talking about wholeness. We're talking about nothing missing and nothing broken. But it comes by acting on the word. Faith is acting on what you believe. So look in the word. The word is believable. Amen. Believe it in your heart. Declare it with your mouth. And then just do your best to act on your faith. God will meet you in the middle of your act. (laughs) I'm telling you, how many folks have ever just on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning, I mean, you just soon stayed in bed. I mean, you just soon put the covers over your head and cried out for mama. 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 And if mama didn't work, dada. I just saw the Muppet, so I'm pretty good. You know, you can stay in that bed and get sicker. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't take a day off and don't rest. I'm not saying that at all. But there's power in acting on what you believe. I'm sure that you've experienced this as well as I have. Many of there have been the time where I would have just as soon stayed in bed, not all day, but all week. I, I think I'm getting a witness around here. But you know what? We're not of those who lay down in defeat. We're those who we are of those who rise up in faith. We are not of those who talk about our sorrows and our aches and our pains. We are those who talk about that surely he bore our aches. Sure he bore our pains and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. I'm telling you God will meet you right there in the bed. He'll quicken you to where you get out of the bed. You take your first step by faith. Glory to God. You take your second step by faith. Glory to God. Next thing you know, you're in the shower singing, leaping, walking, and praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has that been your experience? Oh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to believe God. It's a good thing to take Him at His word. And just act as if His word were true. Amen. I remember Brother Hagin, you know, he uh, was a traveling minister. He pastored for 12 years, but then he uh, was a traveling minister and a pastor was going to be gone for the summer. And so the pastor asked him to attend to the church for that summer. And they were way, way, way behind in their finances. I mean, way behind. And uh, he went to one of the board meetings and, and a lot of the deacons and a lot of the board members, they were just so upset and they were breathing real heavy and, and just looked at Brother Hagen and said, My God, Brother Hagen, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Anybody ever been there? What are we going to do? Dad Hagen, man of faith, but also a man of, of the Spirit. He says, I tell you what we're going to do, boys. He says, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to act like the New Testament is so. We're just going to act like the New Testament is so. And he said, one of, the, one of the deacons took a deep breath and said, Ah, oh, it is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? The word is true. The word is so. But in that summer, because they acted like the New Testament was so and just trusted God, they were out of the red and well into the black. Amen? You'll never get out of the red and into the black worrying about it. Worry never takes you out of the red. Worry will never take cancer out of your body. 
Worry will never do a thing for you but torment you and stress you out. That's why he said, be careful for nothing. Now, we need to do that. If he told us don't worry or don't have any anxiety or not to be stressed about anything, he means it. And he also provides the means whereby we can live worry-free. Well, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Say it with me. I'm a doer. I'm not just a hearer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Glory to God. Amen. you got to shout while the walls are staring you in the face. you got to shout while you're in the red. you got to shout while the doctor's report says it's looking bad. But I've looked into the perfect law of liberty and everything is looking good to me. Amen. Where did I tell you to go? All right. Thank you very much. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the sixth verse. Be careful for nothing. The Amplified Version says this. Do not fret or have any anxiety about what? About anything. Anything means anything. When he tells us to be careful for nothing in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the lexicon, in the Latin, nothing means nothing. Isn't that deep? Are you impressed? Thank you so much. Be careful for nothing. Don't fret about it. Fretting about your body is not going to do your body any good. Fretting about your loved one is not going to do any good for your loved one. Fretting about your bills has never paid a bill yet. Never. But oh, faith is a victory. I said faith is a victory that overcometh the world. Hallelujah. So be careful. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Okay? If I'm not going to fret and if I'm not going to have anxiety about anything, here's God's instruction to me how to not be that way. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So if I'm going to roll my care, all my anxieties, all my concerns, and all my worries over on Him, He tells me, then pray and praise. Pray and praise. One prayer that you could pray to stimulate your faith is praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's one prayer that you can pray. But also, add some praise to your prayers. You've prayed about the body. You've prayed about the finances. You've prayed about your loved ones. Amen? You believe you have received. Amen? Now enter into the area and into the realm of praise and let God permeate your circumstance with His presence because He loves to inhabit the praises of His people. And I've discovered this. In this church, I've discovered this at my home. I've discovered it in every place where I've praised God and worshiped of God. The presence of God has come upon me. And I have made note of this. Never when the presence of God has come upon me have I felt stressed out. Never have I gone 
into the presence of God like this, biting my nails, worrying and fretting. No, the presence of God will put the Spirit of God and the comfort of God right into your spirit, into your soul, and into your body. You may not think God's speaking to you tonight, but God's speaking to your spirit tonight. He's given you some clues. He's given you some keys how you can have the presence of God permeate your very life. Amen? Now, here's what happens. Notice with me in verse 7 and verse 8. Here's the result of what happens of being a doer of the Word of God. Let's read it with me. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that peace which transcends all understanding, what will it do? It shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts. Over your hearts and over your minds in Christ Jesus. Now look at verse 8. We're getting a good word tonight. I'll read this to you. For the rest, brothers, and this also includes sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, pure, whatever is lovely, lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh on and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Hallelujah. Can we do it? Can we do it? Will we do it? Say with me, I can and I will do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now let's go over to James chapter 1. We started over in James 1 where it says be doers of the word of God and not hearers only. Here's another area that we can be doers of God's word in. James, the first chapter, and uh, notice with me in, uh, well, we'll begin in verse 1 of James chapter 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are uh, scattered abroad, greeting. Now, notice this. My brothers, count it all joy. when you fall into divers temptations. Am I reading that right? How in the world am I supposed to count it all joy when I fall into a divers temptation testing or trial? I mean, that just is contrary to the natural man, is it not? It certainly is. But it's not contrary to the spirit man. Joy is not foreign to your recreated human spirit. I'm going to say that again. Joy is not foreign to your recreated human spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love. And what else? Love and joy. So joy is on the inside of you. Oh, it's a force to be reckoned with. It's a mighty force. The scripture says that the joy of the Lord, what? 
So if I'm going to count it all, joy, and that word count there is an accounting term. That means mark this down. Here's what you need to do. This is something you need to pay attention to. Count it all joy. When you fall into different temptations, testings, and trials. For if you will count it all joy when you fall into those things, the joy of the Lord shall be your strength in the middle of the test, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the temptation. You do not want to go through a test, a temptation, or a trial weakened. You want to be strengthened. So can we do this? Will we do this? Will we count it all joy? Now, here we get some more information here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations because you know something. The reason we can get happy and be joyful is because we know something. Number one, we know that our Redeemer liveth. We know that our Redeemer has already overcome the world for us. We know that our Redeemer says in the world now you're going to have tribulation. But here's what I want you to do. Be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world. I've deprived it of its power to hurt you or to harm you in any way, fashion, or form. Woo! That's called inside information. That is information that you and I need to get on the inside of us. And so when we get the word inside of us, then we know something. And when we know something, we're not weakened, we're strengthened. We're up to the challenge. We can face it. Why? Because Jesus already deprived it of its power to hurt you or to harm you in any way, fashion, or form. Amen. So notice one with me once again. My brethren, count it all joy. Hallelujah. When you fall into different temptations, knowing this, that the trying or the testing of your faith, it begins to work something. What does it work? It works patience. We could say it this way. It employs patience. In other words, it puts patience to work. When you put faith, what you know on the inside, and patience together, someone said years ago, they are the power twins. And just look at it as a bridge. There's turbulent waters underneath you. But faith and patience hold you up and take you from one side to the other side. Amen. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing, lacking nothing. Let's look at verse 4 from the Amplified Version. Verse 4 from the Amplified Version. So do your very best to stay happy. Do your very best to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, there's a, there's a million and one things that will try to drag you down. And tether you to this world. There's so many distractions out there. But thank God we've got the remedy. We've got the cure for distractions. And that is 
looking away from all that would distract unto Jesus, who is the author and finish of our faith. Hebrews said this, don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen? Now notice this with me. Read verse 4 with me in the Amplified. It says this. Ready, read. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like to me nothing missing and nothing broken. Perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. You got time for one more? It's 8.32. I'm aware of what time it is. Go quickly over to 2 Kings chapter 7. And we're going to begin in uh, verse 1. 2 Kings 7 verse 1. Say with me, I'm not just a hearer of the word, but I am a doer. I'm a doer of God's word. Verse 1, it says, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. So what's happening? The word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but you will not, you'll not eat thereof. So get the picture. There's people are starving all around, right? In verse 3, here comes four leprous men. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said to one another, Why sit here until we die? They're alive, but they're about to die. We could say that they are experiencing a living death. And this is a picture of many Christians today. Many Christians are just sitting around doing the same thing, waiting on God, thinking that it's all up to Him. How many of you know we're not waiting on God? Any more than a lost person is waiting on Jesus to save them. Remember our text? Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. And so they ask themselves this question. Why sit here till we die? In verse 4. If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we still sit here, we'll die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we'll live. And if they kill us, we'll die. Sounds to me like they overcame the fear of death. It sounds to me that they rose up in the midst of a bad situation. They had enough faith to move. What do you say? We get up and we go. Verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. And they're bracing themselves. In verse 6, For the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. 
And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. God is using what they're doing. And what they were doing was causing his power to be released. And this is faith. Notice verse 7 and 8. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and lift, left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and they started eating and they started drinking. And they got some silver and they got some gold and they got some clothing. And what did they do? They went and hid it. Don't hide your blessing. And came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. They ate, they drank, they found Rolexes. Come on, somebody. They had a miracle. But they never would have experienced this miracle if they hadn't looked at each other at the gate and said, what in the world are we doing here? Let's not sit here till we die. Let's go and see what God may do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when they got up, God got up. So get up and move in faith and God will move and the enemies will be scattered. And in verse 9 it says, They said to one another, We're not doing well. This is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. They went and shared the blessing with other people. You know what happens? When you do the word, you get blessed. But you know what it does? It encourages those around you. Amen? And one way that you can encourage a person as a result of you going through tests and trials and making it to the other side is you can give testimony to what God has done for you. And then they'll be encouraged because you know what? They know you're not all that. They just know that God some way, somehow, helped this boy out. God some way, somehow help this girl out. And if God did it for them, he's sure enough going to do it for me. Because I found in the word that my God is no, come on somebody, he's no respecter of persons. God is all in for you. He's all out for you. What do you say? We obey his word and do what he said. If you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. Let's stand up, everybody. That's enough for tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, tonight. That we are men and women who are serious about your word. We are men and women that take your word at face value. And we live it and we choose to act on the word of the living God. Now, Lord, thank you for the spirit of the living God who is in our midst tonight, moving and ministering and strengthening and bringing health to every person in this place tonight. In Jesus' name. You know, one of the greatest blessings of being born again 
is the ability to be filled with the Spirit. If we could come to the piano, that would be awesome. We've got a few moments left in this service. I'm going to squeeze all the juice out of it. And I'm going to squeeze every little bit of juice yes, out of it. Glory to God. So let's lift our hands and give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Briki Sefanea. You're here tonight. You'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or perhaps you'd like to be saved this evening. Jesus is in this place tonight. I'm telling you, He's here tonight. Amen. And you know what? He's coming real soon. He could come by Sunday. He could come by the 23rd of September, like some people are saying. Well, I don't think he's going to, but I'm ready. How many of you are ready to go to be with the Lord? Y'all, are you rapture ready? I don't see every hand. <laughs> he could come back tonight before I get this next word out. There's coming a time, guys, where we're going to be changed. It's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Woo! That's something to shout about right there. Something to be happy about. Jesus is coming soon. Morning, night or noon. He's a coming. He's coming soon. Are you ready for him to come? Is your heart ready? Have you invited Jesus into your spirit? Amen. Are you living right for him? Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Things are coming together. I said things are coming together. That's what my confession is. It's all coming together. The glory of God is getting stronger. Stronger, stronger.